Hello and welcome back to Scottish Educators Connect podcast. You're here with me, Anita. And me, James. Thank you for joining us for our seventh episode of the Scottish Educators Connect podcast. This is the third in a series of podcasts exploring relationships, nurture and support for the children in Scotland. Um, last week, we spoke with my former colleague, the wonderful Yvonne Fulton from Falkirk, about the compassionate and connected classroom. And this week, we are delighted to explore compassion, connection and relationships further with one of our Scottish Educators Connect members and original participants. Hi, Ruth. Hi, thank you for having me on. Hello, We're really Ruth. excited to have you. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us today, Ruth, and we're extremely pleased to have you join us for this episode. We've been really looking forward to having this conversation with yourself. We know that this topic of developing a relational, socially just approach is a great passion of yours. But before we begin, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, what you do and what are your interests? Yeah, well, hello, I'm Ruth and I'm an early years officer in an, a local authority early years centre. I have been in the centre for five years. I'm actually quite new to um, early years education. Previously, I was a nurse, but there's very many transferable skills between nursing and early years education. So I am passionate about social justice. Um, supporting families and nurturing childhood. Amazing. Last time, um, a few weeks ago, we spoke with Sharon Imre from Aberdeenshire and um, she yes. also has experience of working as a nurse. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about what transfers? What is it about nursing that makes you want to, to work with little children? <laughs> Well, I, um, I work, when I was nursing, I worked um, with adults. I, I was a chemotherapy ah. nurse. And within that role, we developed a program where we supported parents to speak to their children about cancer and all those really scary things that were happening. And it was actually quite interesting when we did the book, The Whole Brain Child, there was a whole section in that about how children need to know these things if you speak to them about it so I felt really good that way back um in the early 2000s that that was something that we were pioneering um with children and families so yeah so I think um one of the probably the main thing that's transferable between nursing and then into education is about your connections that you make with people and the relationships so yeah, yeah. So important, definitely. Um, I feel like I know you a little bit better now. Wow. Um, last <laughs> week we spoke with Yvonne about um, compassion in the classroom. Can you share a little bit about the role of compassion um, and support in your role in an early years centre? What ways do you have to be or are you compassionate? Yeah, I mean, that's such a lovely phrase, isn't it? Compassionate classrooms, I love that. Um, well, our an early years centre is very different to like a nursery um, in a school or things like that. So we have children from birth right up to age five and our role is supporting um, the families, um, helping them, I suppose it's helping them, for some of them it's helping teaching them how 
how to parent and how to make good choices. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so... And then, obviously, the we follow the curriculum and things with the children. So, compassion is probably one of the most important things in an early years centre because you're working with people who are going through some really difficult things. Yeah. And some of them when some of them when they arrive at the centre, they don't want to be there. They've got a big team of other people involved with them. So it's about and if you're the person that's working with the family and the child, your relationship has to be so compassionate so that the family trusts you and can open up to you and talk to you when yeah. things are maybe a little bit difficult. So yeah, so it's really important. Ruth, we know that you are extremely passionate about supporting families who are experiencing both financial hardship and poverty, as well as treating families with the fairness, dignity and respect that they deserve. And you started to unpick that with that last question. But can you talk a bit more around about what does that look like in your role in terms of the things that you do in terms of supporting children and families? Yeah, well, for us, we have... Part of our practice is we um, do a home visit to families. So you, we phone them and then we go out to visit them. And that's a really good introduction. You're the guest in the house. You find that families really open up. And I suppose when we speak about dignity, I'm really passionate about that because the way that we speak about people can sometimes be very negative. And I think when we speak a lot about vulnerable families, that has a lot of negative connotations. And actually, when you step back and think about how you would be in that similar situation, it gives you a lot of compassion. And I think part of our role, I know when I speak to other people who don't work in a centre, I challenge the words that they use quite a lot. I know that um, you've done this quite actively um, on Twitter and um, I see you engaging a lot with the work of Professor Morag Trainer in just educating people on the labels that we use when we're speaking about families and young Absolutely. children. I think that we have gotten to a place in education in Scotland where we are um, more inclusive probably than we've ever been before and we're more considerate when we are talking about children with additional support needs and what supports they require to help them access education and, and to meet their needs but I think maybe in a way we do still have some way to go when we're talking about families like families that need support rather than individual children would you talk a bit about your experience there yeah so I think in our center what well, one of the most important things is about really supporting people about how to work with their children and play with them and for some of them, their own experience as a child has maybe been quite negative as well. So they haven't had yeah. parenting role modelled. So we do, in our centre, we do lots of different groups. So we have like baby massage. We have um, PEEP, which is helping parents to play with their children and about reading stories. We do another one that's called Triple P, which is a positive parenting project. 
and that runs yeah. over quite a few weeks and that's a really popular one and that's really for to help give parents confidence if for for example if their child was having sort of an, a tantrum and how to deal with that in a really positive way so these groups are really yeah. important um and yeah so we would speak to the family in a way it's not like we think that you should do this it's like yes this uh -huh. <laughs> group is on offer would you like to participate so i suppose it's about because it's about how you interact with your families and we do a really good thing where once your family so for instance when we come back after the the summer holidays and all the children are back uh, we'll have on each room will have new families so what we'll do is we'll have the initial introduction and things and then in about six weeks six weeks time we try and have a sit down with a family just to touch base see how things are if there's anything that they need support with what else can we do how their child settled in how their behavior uh -huh. is at home on all those kind of routines and things and that's a really good way um just to know how things are at home and i think in early years as well we're so lucky that we have a lot of um interaction with parents and especially in a center we have a parent's room they have a kitchen they have a nice sitting room where they can come and just relax and all these things are really important if you are a family that doesn't have a lot of money and things like heating in the winter is something that's maybe an issue so rather than being in a cold flat you can come in the center into the community room and it's cozy and make a cup of tea and things and you're not worrying about paying for that because i've worked with families before where every penny on the electricity meter is accounted for so sometimes they're choosing between putting the television on or putting the oven on things like that yeah i mean i think with the early year center it's one of i think one of the most forward thinking initiatives that yeah. we have in scotland in terms of supporting families who need just that little bit more help to to get it Absolutely. together and to to um parent positively but also to have people working in an early year center who care about you as a mother yeah. or you as a father and you as a person as well as your child yeah. Um, I know from, you know, I make no secret of my experience of early childhood and how had early year centres existed in the same way they do now back then, I truly, uh -huh. truly believe that my experience of childhood and my mum's experience yeah. of parenting all of these young children on her own at a time of great difficulty for her would have been really different. And I know just having a person who was phoning in to check in with my mum yeah. would have made such yeah. a difference to her. Instead, she had such a big barrier about coming to nursery and coming to school and engaging with those professionals because she felt like she was always perceived from quite a judgmental point of view rather yeah. than a supportive one. Um, and well, I just, means... like, I love what, what early year centres um, across Scotland are doing. But can you talk a little bit about now, specifically, your experience of supporting families who are experiencing financial hardship and poverty. So, you know, what? how does that present itself in an early year centre? How do you know that a family is having difficulty? 
Well, I, I mean, from an initial visit out to the house, you can pick up you can pick up things very quickly. Um, there's some children that don't have a bed; they just have a mattress. So, for me, that would be you would have some kind of intervention to support that family to get the things that they need, which yeah. are just basics. And if you're not able to afford the basics, then there's they need more financial support from whatever the the government or whatever charities and things that are available. And we have access to lots of these things. Um so I suppose that's a very that's a very initial look at does mm-hmm. this family need more support and then on a daily a daily basis in the nursery you can you can start to notice patterns with children if they're coming in and they're really if they were really hungry all the time like yeah. really hungry not just oh I'm a wee bit but really hungry like a sore tummy hungry that they've maybe not eaten for a very long time and in the center in the morning when the children come in we've always got toast or fruit and milk available first thing in the morning and they can just come and help themselves and also I think as well you can people's children's clothes if they were wearing the same clothes every day that would be a time where you would maybe have a conversation with a parent in a very non-judgmental way and just because a lot of parents have they have washing machines but they can't afford to put to buy the soap powder to go in all these things yeah. cost a lot of money and if you're budgeting <laughs> to your very last penny something like that is not a priority and we're lucky in the sense as well we have a laundry so we're able to support with yeah. things like that too so those are, I suppose those are just the things and on a daily basis just how children are how children present and also because we have such good relationships with our families and they're in and out the centre all day you do you can pick up on signs if there's a parent parents having a tricky time and I think when you have such a good relationship with the parents they feel that they can talk to you yeah the relationship is key isn't it it's so important it it really is and how you and And how you speak to people do you know like yeah you and I have had (laughs) sorry go on Ruth no, I was just saying, and how the words and things that you use with people, it's always, you always would come from a place of what can we do to make things easier yeah. rather than, oh, look at the state what of your do you, need? do you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh-huh. So yeah. Coming, always coming from a good place. And when you're, when you are like that, when, when you, everybody's doing that within the same place, then that's how you do get parents to open up to you and you can have the really tricky conversations because you have a relationship and I think as well in early years we are the first experience for our families of the education journey that their children's going to be on and I think when we speak a lot I was thinking about this the other day when we speak a lot about um, parental engagement and parental involvement that's very much putting the onus on the parent rather than it being we're in partnership with you and so if we make that a good experience with us in the early years and empower parents and give them confidence then hopefully that's something that they're going to take forward all the way through their child's educational journey 
Yeah, and you and I have spoken about how the relationships that we build with parents and families in early years, they do need to be authentic because oh, absolutely. You know, if you are not invested in extending your care for, for a child to their family, then you can't really be deeply invested in supporting that child to to achieve and to succeed and to thrive. I think that building our relationships with parents on um, openness, trust, respect, and really on non-judgment, not having yeah. an opinion about anything that that adult is experiencing and just knowing that the needs of the child and the needs of the family are, are what, yeah. what you're, you're trying to to aspire to make better and I like that word partnership that you use like we do yeah. it in partnership this isn't something Absolutely. that we're giving to families our yeah. relationship and our time and our support is not something that um we are donating to families we're doing it together we're building the family and the children and the community together I know that yeah. I'm realizing the ambition talks about poverty as something that creates complex issues and can cause many misconceptions. And I know that you've been quite vocal on making yeah. <laughs> sure that you are supporting families from a yeah. fair and just point of view. But financial poverty does not define the potential of children and it does not equate to a poverty of aspiration. Now, I know that yeah. you're passionate about that phrase, positive <laughs> poverty of yeah. aspiration. Do you yeah. want to talk a little bit about that, Yeah. Yeah, and I think the good thing about the new guidance is that that's actually there in black and white. So we can see that, that just because you aren't financially well off or are in financial dire straits does not mean for one second that you do not have aspirations for your child. And that's, and for me, I haven't worked with any families that don't want the best for their child. Yeah. There's obviously, I'm, I'm not naive, there's obviously families who struggle that little bit harder um, to make good decisions but they usually have a whole team of other professionals that we're all working in partnership with to support them but yeah. there's a lot of families who are just they're just from a socio-economic point of view that they're struggling there but they want the very best for their children and for us it's our job to realize that and support that and best in the best way we can and I, I think it says in as well that it's about us helping to provide resources or point them in the right direction or get whatever information is helpful for them and that's about the relationships again i love how zestfully you talk about partnership ruth every time that we <laughs> speak whether it's on <laughs> scottish educators connect or or via twitter or, or or in this discussion we're having today and um i was recently listening to um, Darren Leslie's Becoming Educated podcast with Richard Gerver and mm -hmm. he's been talking around about this concept of collaboration yeah. and he says that it's the key to progress, development and innovation and you sort of alluded to it there around about the um, that collaboration and the partnerships that's needed and I'm just interested in terms of the types of services that you collaborate with to enable that practical support for families. So you talked a bit around about that practical support earlier, but um, yeah. who do you collaborate with and how does that support families? So we have a huge network in the Early Years Centre. We work very closely with the local library who do a service right, 
from when every ch every child born in the community they go out and visit and they get gifted a book and this <laughs> charity this charity has been run for i think it's 20 years and mm -hmm. they come in and they do things in the center reading groups and all that with parents and read stories with children so that they are very familiar in the community and then the, you find that the parents and the children visit the library a lot more because of that yeah. and we have uh we have the a speech and language therapy team who run different groups and things we there's also in the community there's something called the family and household support service which is they help with housing benefits and um, a whole a whole array of things and they're based in the community as well and all these different groups and professionals are very well they're well known in the community because they visit the center so everybody knows who they are if that makes sense they're not they're not some stranger coming in to the center they're people that you're familiar with so yeah and there was something you said in, in one of our scottish educators connect meets and you were and we were talking around about this sense of the community and we we're talking about the sense of working collaboratively and something mm -hmm. that stuck out for me that you said was around about it's our job as practitioners to find out what's on the doorsteps of the oh, community oh, um, and sorry. yeah i don't know if you want to say anything about that no i was just uh, that's so important i think um so the community that I work in is literally a five minute drive from where I live mm -hmm. and they're very, very different. So for us as a professional, it's so, it was so important to get out in the community and visit the other, like visit the schools, visit the, there's another um, earlier center, there's other nurseries and we actually work really very collaborat collaboratively as a cluster um yeah yeah so and these things are really important for the for the families that we work with and we do really good transitions so for instance if you have a child moving from the center to another nursery which is attached to the school that they go to we have a real the nursery staff come over they play with the children in the playroom we then do a meet with the the teach the, the key worker the parent and the staff from the center so that there's a really lovely a really lovely transition for moving on because one of the things that we find if we have parents that have been with us when their children have are really little right from birth when their children are then transitioning from the center at age four or five onto school or nursery that's a massive transition for the parents as well because they've had mm -hmm. we've been like a, a support buffer and they feel that they're for them they feel that that's a loss so it's really about making good connections with other establishments so that they feel safe and secure moving on yep and absolutely i think that's something that came through we talked about um sharon and rianne's post uh, podcast and that was something that was um a key message that came through in transitions again there as well was that real relational family-centered approach and that Absolutely. seems to have woven through you know everything you've talked about today um in terms of our listeners where can they find a bit more 
um, about you or from you um, in terms of your your Twitter handle and things. You, mm-hmm. um, as Anita says, you're you're um, you actively Quite engaged outspoken. in terms of professional discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, um, I am on Twitter, and it's at rth mckenzie m c k e n z i e. So it's Ruth Mackenzie without the U. <laughs> if that makes Thanks, sense. Ruth. <laughs> so yeah. Amazing. Now I'm really um really glad that we got to speak with you, Ruth, and to just find out a little bit more about your beliefs. I know that all of our listeners, and we have many now, you know, but many of them oh, are brilliant. from the Scottish Educators Connect. And they are uh-huh. just gonna really enjoy getting to delve a little bit more into <laughs> what you do and what your passions are. And I know that you're going to be super excited because next week we are going to be talking to, wait till I say this, okay, (laughs) Professor Morag (laughs) Trainer, who is a professor of child and family inequalities at Heriot Watt University. Morag's current research uses birth cohort data, mainly the Growing Up in Mm. Scotland study, to explore the impacts of longitudinal poverty and persistently low and high incomes on children's Cognitive, social, emotional, and behavioral development. Um, Morag Trainer is also the author of Child Poverty Aspiring to Survive, which is a February 2020 publication. I highly recommend that you read this before we speak with Morag. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to be delving a little bit deeper into the, the research on outcomes of children who experience poverty um, over long periods yeah. of time. As ever, if you are joining us and want to find out some more you can look up scottisheducatorsconnect.com or follow hashtag scottisheducatorsconnect on twitter um ruth thank you so much and james until next time thank Thank you you. Bye. bye bye